Maybe Jesse's. Has she picked up? Not yet. That's okay. She Give her a ring. She is fucking worth her weight in gold, man. She's working. Yeah. No, that's my actual best friend in the whole uh, world. Wow. Small world, she'll be, isn't it, man? She'll be my, my maid of honor in my wedding in like a few months. You're going to make me cry here in a minute. You got the beers out. We got the fucking war stories coming out. Hey, I'm going to start shedding let's tears. Go. Let's do it. Man, I'm not prepared for this shit. I got OJ instead of a fucking lager. I told you. I told you get get prepared. Mate, I do I do, do my best work drunk. <laughs> and I think that's the Brit in you. I think so. I think that is definitely the northern in me, but I can't coach drunk anymore. You know. Okay. Apparently I've turned over a new leaf, you know, and pursued professionalism or whatever the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. Can't spell it, never will be it, but fuck it. Oh, well, it's uh, it's what what time is it there? Oh, we're midday, mate. Yeah, so over here it's almost what seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. It's five p.m. somewhere, <laughs> mate. You know, yeah. we've been working all day. We got off set. Oh, you still there? Yeah, we're filming a TV show right now. Wow, shit! What are you filming? I'm not allowed to say. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, Long story short, we're going to be helping a lot of veterans and helping Hmm. them get into some adrenaline therapy. Wow. Yeah. Talk to me about adrenaline therapy. What's the premise? Never heard of it before, to be honest. So so I I believe that PTSD is a chemical memory. Um, when you have something really traumatic happen to you, you have a lot of chemicals that flood your brain, flood your body, the endorphins, the adrenaline, right? So yeah. when something bad happens, everything happens, like all of those chemicals flood through and you have this chemical imprint in your brain of that memory. If we give you a positive adrenaline output to reflood your brain with good adrenaline, I feel like we can help you kind of get through those PTSD issues a lot quicker and a lot more uh, efficiently. Wow. Yeah. So adrenaline therapy, basically we take veterans um, in this program specifically, we take them and put them in endurance racing and track champ car, um, low end kind of race car stuff. And then in the desert, we put them in desert cars and we let them go in long course desert racing and our demons out wow yeah how did you come across that um completely by accident um so i have ptsd and my ptsd is not something that came from war it came from something stateside uh somebody that i trusted decided that they're going to try and sexually assault me um so i kind of faced some issues with that and I had trouble trusting people. I had trouble in crowded situations and adrenaline, as dumb as it sounds, adrenaline was the one thing that actually kind of set me focused and would like kind of reset everything that was going on in that split moment. And I, I figured out that that's what I was craving again. Mm. And I, somehow stumbled into positive adrenaline and got involved with a couple of different organizations that work through adrenaline therapy and have been noticing a lot of really, really big differences in their combat vets. 
Um, so I've been using that on the therapeutic side. Fuck, man, that's, that's hit me for six, man. You know, like, first of all, i got to say, you can say anything that you want to me, but you don't have to say shit. You don't have to tell yeah. me fucking anything, you know. Uh, on or offline, it doesn't matter. I'm just some fucking blonde guy from the north. But I guess, um, mate, like, being in being in fitness, right, you see people and you see them in a vulnerable state, usually a post-workout, right, like, they're... they're their uh, the barrier is stripped down, and then also we do this thing where have conversations uh, void of distractions, and we we usually talk about deep level shit, right? And then I would like yeah. to think I'm, um, you know, the third fucking dragon. Maybe I'm a half decent bloke, so people can confide in some things. All that aside, man, like fuck the amount of people that say the two words sexual assault or sexual abuse. Oh man. It fucking breaks me, man. Yeah. And you know, you, you what the fuck are we doing wrong, man? Honestly, I don't know. It comes from a little bit of that viewpoint back in the day when we were growing up where boys will be boys. If I was getting grabbed on the school bus and I would tell my mom, she'd be like, Oh, he probably has a crush on you. You know, nobody was being told that those actions weren't appropriate and that's not the way to show your affection to somebody, it's it's kind of traumatizing to continuously be grabbed when you're not really like looking for it. Um, but I think that it comes with a mix of like growing up like that. And then unfortunately in the military back when I first joined and it, it was the good old boy club. And it probably was the same for you guys over in the UK. Like um, a lot of the guys that were in charge were guys that had been in for the last 20-ish years and still didn't really see females. They didn't see them as intelligent um, standpoints. They had them as secretaries. It was an object for the most part. Somebody to do your typing and a lot of the, like, the house cleaning work. And that feeds over, unfortunately, and yeah <laughs> i i don't get that way of thinking it doesn't compute in my yeah, very thick dumb brain so were you were you raised by single mom dual parents sisters brothers yeah so it was predominantly just me and my mom yeah you know like oh, i mean i have a very good relationship with my dad but i used to see him uh, once every six to eight weeks, something like that. And everybody yeah. has a bit of a topsy-turvy childhood and that it wasn't perfect, but it, yeah, it was yeah. just it was just predominantly with me, ma'am. And I don't... So you, sorry, go on. So you saw her, like, struggling and then winning and, like, figuring it out and, like, doing all those things? Fucking A, mate. You know, it was, it was me and me, ma'am, for a long-ass time. I was like, yo, like, once we get back in these doors, you double-lock that bitch... And it's like me and you just let's figure this out. You know, like you're going to go and do that. And I'm hopefully going to go to school and try and like figure that out. And then fucking bust my nuts training and swimming and then rugby. And then I was like, right, let's try and get us out of whatever situation you were in. Right. And a lot of folk around were similar, broken home, you know, like they're always trying to escape, you know, trying to, oh, okay, well, 
if we're here, you know, our parents had it worse, their parents had it worse. Well, hopefully we continue the trend and kids don't have it as bad as us and didn't don't have as bad as, you know, parents. Yeah. But I just don't like from a dude's perspective, man, like I fucking don't get it, man. You just well, like, and I think that's because you were raised by a female who had to get her stuff together. You weren't raised by that like 40s, 50s, 60s style mentality that we had here in the States where it was yeah. the female in the home as the housemaker. Um, you weren't allowed to get an education for a long time in this in this country as a female there's actually still doctrines in a few of the older colleges that show that if you were a female and you're going to college, they were afraid that all of the blood was going to go to your brain and it would starve your ovaries and you would be infertile. So you weren't allowed to go and get actual education because they thought that it would make you infertile. See, my, my, (laughs) And this I mean, is probably not where you thought this conversation was going at all today. This is where I, this is why I love talking to people. It's man. so funny. It just fucking takes a left turn. You're like, okay, oh. we're doing this. Let's do it, man. You know. But my favorite quote is is from uh, Emmeline Pankhurst. She's from the southwest of Manchester, a place called uh, Moss Side, and okay. she was one of the leaders of the suffragette movement. And she's the one that chucked herself in front of the king's horse, ended up being trampled to death, and. Um, yeah, there's a huge statue in the middle of Manchester outside the Central Library, you know, and it says, I'd rather be a rebel than a slave. And it's my favourite fucking quote, man. I think about it all the time. I think about that woman all the time. I'm just like, you know what, man? Yeah, 100%. Like, I would rather be a fucking rebel than a slave every day of the I live, week. I live by that. I, I mean, I've had people for the entire time that I've been in my chair the entire time that I've been living for the most part been telling me that whatever I'm doing is not meant for what I am right now. I told somebody that my goal is to Iron Man drive the Baja 1000. I was told that I was absolutely nuts and that I was going to kill myself trying to do that. Why? The car can't tell any difference between an able-bodied driver and a crippled driver. 100%. If you have the right preparation, what is the difference? 100%. Like why why do we continue to let people and society and standards define who we are and what we accomplish? Mm-hmm. I I openly say multiple times a day that society disables me more than my own body does. Fucking fucking a mate. Judgment I mean, prerequisite barriers boxes that people place you in or labels right go fuck yourself with a label. My most viral video, as dumb as this is going to sound, is to the James Bond theme song. Love it. It's me grabbing on to an escalator and going up it. Not going down, which I do backwards. Going up it. Which is so physically safe. But people have been so ingrained to think that these things aren't safe, that people can't handle themselves, that they can't comprehend what's going around, around them that they can't handle that little bit of a change. They can't fail and succeed through the failure. 37 million views later, going up an escalator, something that everybody takes for granted in the first and second world countries that we have that technology. Hmm. It's a normal thing. 
It's people think there's something noble to be found with your head in the sand. People would prefer arrogant ignorance. I like this. Rather than just opening your fucking eyes, you know? Like, I genuinely think all the answers are around. And, yeah. you know, I got the privilege of my job is working with people, you know? Like, yeah. as long as what you've you got... Did? Oh, I'm a coach. I'm a fitness coach. Coach CrossFit, coach Olympic weightlifting, coach gymnastics, yeah. coach fucking fitness, whatever, right? Like, let's just get moving, guys. You know, that's probably yeah. going to help us physically and, mm, I don't know, maybe, putting my two cents out there, probably going to help us mentally as well, you know? Have you had any disabled clients yet? 100%. I got that qualification, yeah. ATA, man. Like, I love it. That's why I learned, um, that's why I learned sign language. New Zealand sign language is because um, I had a lady who was hearing impaired and I was like, well, I know fuck all, you know? And I was like, well, okay, cool. Like, let's, let's help this individual. I was like, well, do us a favor, mate. She's like, what? And I was like, I teach you fitness. You teach me sign language. And then over the time, like, you know, you, you hone your skill, you get a little bit better and better. And then you take, you know, this is kind of cool. I took it on me, my own back and learned and practiced a little bit. I'm not fluent. Fuck no, but, like yeah. I can communicate with somebody who is completely deaf and I'm talking like complete and I can communicate with them and I can coach in that manner. And we, I'm pretty good within the four walls of a gym, which is, you know, as little as it sounds, but we can do say, something. Because that's where a lot of the work gets done is in those four walls yeah, because but... you are, you're getting those people into their vulnerable point where their, their muscles are fatiguing, their mind is wanting to give up and they're yeah. trying to get those barriers and that is the biggest point is if you can get person through that barrier and realize that one failure is not an end all be all. And two, that the failure is going to help them succeed in the long run because they'll realize how to win every time. That is huge. And you've changed that person's whole life. Whole life. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, um, I got a question Seriously. this week, actually. Um, by one of the members, because I'm known for asking questions. Like, I don't fucking know yeah. I'm blonde. Like, I'll ask you the question. And, like, I got to understand this individual in front of me, right? Especially when we coach. We ask first, teach later, you know? Yeah. And uh, she asked me a question. He's doing what they're doing and why? A thousand percent. You know, I don't know what your life's like, you know? How am I supposed to know? What From judgment? That's probably not the greatest, the greatest exactly. of uh, things, you know? So... She asked me a question. I was like, what's your favorite thing about coaching? Right. And I was like, to be honest with you, mate, it is seeing people benefit outside of the gym. She was like, what do you mean? I was like, this shit in here is just a medium, man. It's just a medium we use to help people's lives. That's it. You know, teaching you how to fucking hair squat and throw a dumbbell above your head and throw yourselves over the rings. It's cool as shit, man. Don't get me wrong. It's real, real cool. And it's, you know, Lights me up, but like the real lasting shit, man. And in fact, the very reason why we're doing this thing and I'm speaking into this fucking microphone. Yeah. Is a member came to me, I nicknamed him the last one. And a member came to me and he said he's he's uh he put his head in a noose in his in his garage. And the reason why he didn't is because he thought back to coming into the gym and and the benefit that he got and yada yada and and he decided to give himself 
another shot and give fitness like his his kind of last straw. And I'm just like, fuck, man, like if this thing can save you. And you know, we we talked and we kept in contact and we're still in contact. And when I went home for Christmas, you know, we saw each other real big. You know, he's now I've got another son and like fixed his marriage and you know, it was a whole emotional fucking journey. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, how are we gonna help people? Yeah. And, you know, this is why this thing has got birth, this this podcast thing, you know, and it's like, well, yeah. we need to be able to marry the two together, you know, it's. Yeah, fuck yeah. You're going to get me crying in a minute. No, nah, dude. So, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I I struggle a lot creating content online for disabled people. And the big, right, big reason why I continue to do it even though I get the shitty comments, the ignorant comments, the people that are just like downright rude, right? Yeah. Is the messages from teenagers with disabilities and parents of kids with disabilities. And the biggest thing that I get is that they don't have any sort of representation and they, they don't feel like they're able to live freely because they haven't seen anybody else do it yet. Mm. And they come onto my page and they see somebody with what should be a pretty functional limitation. Like I'm, I'm a quadriplegic. Like my hands don't work all the way. Mm. Um, like I should functionally for all reasons be in my house, chilling by myself, like, you know, doing my thing all the time, but I'm not, I'm out living a life. I race cars. I fucking play wheelchair rugby. I'm here volunteering. Like we're building a garage for a nonprofit right now. Like I'm not supposed to tell you that, but it's like, you know, like we're trying to give back to the community and it doesn't matter the, the amount that you can, it's just that you give, you know, and giving people a, the ability to learn that it is okay to fail yeah. and learn that failure, get back up and fucking try again. Because that is what is going to be the difference again and again and again and again. I didn't learn to do a wheelie in a day. I didn't learn to live as functionally as I do in a day. It took years of failing, falling, and fucking it up. And getting back up and having people that are willing to laugh with me, but help at the same time so that it's an enjoyable experience, no matter how shitty it is. Nobody gives us a manual. Nobody says like, hey, this is going to happen. This is how you have to deal with it. And then this is going to happen afterwards. You just have to get through it and get to it and fucking get to the best part. And whatever that silver lining best part for you is, get there. If that's your PR in your bench press and you finally hit that 300 mark or you finally hit your body weight, holy shit, hitting your body weight is such a huge PR that people don't actually realize. Being able to lift your body weight is such a huge, huge thing. That's like your actual plateau point. Like your your percentages after you hit body weight are so much higher yep. because you've already learned how to train. You've already learned the nutrition. You've already learned the mindset. It's, it's all just time at that point, right? Yeah. And so just learning that you have to get to that point where you're ready. Yeah. You've already learned how to fail. You know how to break up. You know how to make up for that. Not break up. Make up for that. And just getting there and step by step by step of learning that it's a literal step. Whether you're scooting up on your butt, taking it with your feet, or if you're stumbling, you're still making it. 
all about that effort, man. You know, every day, like, I go back to the same analogy. And I'm sorry if people are fucking hearing it for the millionth time, but I said, every day you got to dig holes. You know, you're going to go outside and one day you're going to go out with a shovel. The next thing you're going to go out with a bulldozer. And then maybe the third day you go out with a fucking teaspoon or your bare hands. But every day you got to dig holes. It doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how much, doesn't matter what implement you use, you got to dig a fucking hole. And then you're going to go in and you're going to do the same the next day. And it's the process of digging the fucking hole. It's not what you find. It's the process that unveils the key. And that's within you. I think everything that you need is already within you. People and experience just help pull it out. That's it. I'm laughing because we have an analogy. We have the same on different literal spectrums. So I tell people that everybody is a mountain. Your terrain is different. You're going to have to go through sand. You're going to have to go through rocks. You're going to go through dirt. You're going to go through grass, maybe even asphalt. You have a mountain to climb. Your terrain is always going to look different than mine, yeah. but we all have a mountain. So I just, I think it's funny that we have the same analogy on like actual literal parallels. <laughs> Yeah, it's only because I literally did it as a kid, unbeknownst to myself. Like, I'd go down the bottom of the garden with a fucking shovel, and I'd dig a hole, and I'd put the dirt back in the hole, and I'd dig it again. And, like, I don't know, like, I always had this... Hey? Were you trying to punish yourself? Like, just work until you were tired or too tired to think? or Probably, because I've always been a very emotional bloke, but I've always yeah. grown up in, you know, a city that, and definitely the part of the city where there's a fucking lot of violence around, man. Like you're yeah. like one wind direction change of something really going wrong, you know, and everybody is always up for it, you know, and you don't yeah. know what people are carrying, you know, and it's just like, what the fuck is going on? So, you know, I, I think genetically I've probably been given a set of cards that, could go down the poor mental health route, but also no, it, honestly, I think it would be I think you would be akin to a soldier that's been through like a wartime situation where you're constantly on guard. Fear and like, is and, no, that's the thing with PTSD is it is something where you have had this reaction for so long. Situation isn't quite that dangerous you're still having that same reaction because that's what you're trained to do. Mm -hmm. That's why when I hear loud noises, I immediately go start fighting people because I don't know who's in my vicinity. That's why guys that hear gunshots immediately hit the deck. Mm -hmm. Like it, it is a chemical memory. And I think if you've had some of those issues where you've been over time, continuously exposed to the same trauma, whether you think it's trauma or not, it is traumatic, especially at young ages. Mm -hmm. I think you could be actually experiencing some PTSD symptoms. I mean, I'd be lying if I said that was the first time I've heard it. Uh, for a long time, I, um, I guess, fought against it, you know. Um, what scares you about that? Like, why would you fight against it? More of out of respect for people that have gone overseas and served. Um but PTSD is not a military thing. No, but that was very a, a naive, quite a while ago, very naive way of thinking about it, I guess. Um, 
But I mean, I wrote something. I write things a lot. I write things down. Yeah. Like, write a lot of poetry. Written yeah. two two poetry books, one kids book, and writing a third poetry book. Right, and um, one of them was if I could ask Mother Nature one thing, um, it would be how is it peace? What's it like? And um, that's probably a great summary, you know, because fear is was one thing for me. It was just like, yeah, what do you mean? L life without fear? What the fuck are you talking about? Like everything's a fight. Get out there. Go grind until you can't. Go to sleep and carry on, you know. And um, yeah, learning that you don't have to do that. And to be honest, my, my, my missus has been the best thing for that. You know, just been like, life shouldn't always be a fight. And I was like, well, I don't really get it. You know, and over time, we, we talk effectively, articulate ourselves, feeling, et cetera, et cetera. And be like, oh, okay. And then I'm always asking myself questions. And I'll be like, okay, well, yeah. this is where it's come from. Yada, yada. Sometimes I'm going to need a little bit of a, I mean, we had a fucking call three hours ago, you know, she's gone home to Canada for a couple of weeks. So we had a, we had a call and was just like, Oh yeah. It's just, sometimes it just gets a little bit too much. And if I don't sleep enough and it gets a little bit too stressful and I don't, I don't, I don't help myself out. I start fighting in my sleep. Like I start yeah. punching fucking things. I, uh, I literally screamed at my fiance on the morning that I was leaving for new Orleans. Cause I'm here in new Orleans right now. Um, I was so overtired and he was like trying to wake me up and like trying to be sweet. And mm -hmm. I remember him talking like, I'm going to miss you so much. Like, I love you. And I was so overstimulated from like yeah. everything going on. I like rolled the other way and screamed like into my pillow. I just, I couldn't handle everything yeah. going on. It was like so much. It was so bad. Yeah. I'm not good if you make me jump. Mm-mm. Cause I always no. think someone's trying to knife me or yep. someone's trying to rob me or some shit. Like, yeah, you know, I, I'm not good. I'm sure, I'm sure there's yeah. a couple of people that know me that might be listening and be like, yep, I've, there's been a, some fucking narrow misses, misses where I've nearly sparked somebody out. Cause I've just kind of blinked and I'm like, you know, catching my fist halfway, but um, oh, yeah. it's a, it's a crazy thing, right? The brain is a crazy it, thing. And it, it, you'll understand this more than most, but like, it's not something you can control. So like by the no. time you're halfway through the movement, you're like, Oh shit, this isn't somebody I want to hit. No, like, fuck, 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 fuck. And you already connect and you, you have nothing left to do, but apologize at that point. Cause like, you didn't want to get spooked. You didn't want to re react like that. Like it's not comfortable. It's not fun. It's not cute. It's not something that people do like, for a reaction like it it genuinely sucks and it like yeah. hurts a lot of people it goes i think it it starts with individuals who might be feeling these things to have the hard conversation with themselves and to actually feel it you know i think i think a lot of us are, are the fucking world's worse and I, i'm gonna throw dudes under the bus of like you just cover it up cover it up cover it up cover it up you know, and then inevitably it's going to boil over like you've put fucking Mentos in Coke and it explodes, right? And 
even if you're in the house with somebody and you see them overreacting over things that shouldn't be a dramatic reaction, you know, yeah. like dishes didn't get all the way clean in the dishwasher and they're suddenly breaking it over the wall. Yeah. That is an overreaction that is showing that there's something going on behind that they are having trouble processing and they don't know how to get it out. And maybe stepping back and saying like, hey, like I know that's not your normal reaction to something in this kind of like stressful stimuli. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Like, did you have a weird conversation today? Is something really bothering you? Like mm -hmm. having the, the strength to talk to your people around you because it's not an easy conversation. You don't want to seem weak. You don't want to seem like you're not tough. Like I get it. But the strongest thing you can do is say that you're struggling. Hundred percent. I uh, I saw a C.S. Lewis, I think, quote the other day that said, um, "I met with aggression and asked her name, and she said it was grief." And. Uh, that half broke me and half made me at the same time. I think it split me in two and then built me back up in an instant. I was like, holy shit. That right there's the truth. Yeah. I'm, I hate to keep bringing it back, but like, I get it. Um, mm. I have a progressive neurological disorder that progressively paralyzed me. So it wasn't a wake up from a car accident and all of a sudden you're a quadriplegic. It was over years. Mm -hmm. I lost my movement. I lost the ability to walk. And then I lost the ability to stand. And then my hands and like, it was progressive, right? So every single day I had to wake up and deal with another loss. Yeah. And that's rough. I, you know, I get it. I, I deal with it now. It's not that big of a deal. I've figured out that the shower is the best place to cry. You can get on with your life and just keep going, get it out. You got 20 minutes. Nobody's going to see the after effects. Um, but you can't accomplish anything from your couch. If you're just sitting there crying, you're going to sit wherever you are. So you might as well figure out where you can sit effectively and efficiently. You know what I mean? 100% man. Like it just, you got to find where you are meant to be. And sometimes you got to take a step back. Sometimes you got to take a gigantic fucking jump forward. It just, you got to see when the people around you care and when they are giving you the right advice and they're giving you those hard conversations and know that you need to make a couple steps and work through it. Yeah, a hard conversation is a is a sign of love, man. It is. Like, it may hurt. Yeah. Honesty usually does. <laughs> yep. But so does if love. Being honest, you're like, yeah, honesty usually hurts. Mm. It does indeed. I got um I got three questions. Yeah. And I also got I got something I want to let you know, but I'll let you know offline because I've still got to figure out some logistic stuff. Okay. Um, and it's for it's it's not for a couple of years, but we'll we'll figure something out because uh, yeah, we'll fucking make something pretty pretty epic, pretty cool. But anyway, okay. three three questions. Okay. 
Number one. Number one. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Um, so this is by Sarah Price. She is one of the world's greatest drivers, um, world champion in all, all rights. Um, but she told me, and this applies to all forms of life, not just driving, but the best, no, best drivers, they know when to get on the gas. The greatest drivers know when to get off of the gas. These always hit me, man. These answers to these questions always fucking smack me around the room. Tell me your first thought. Because I see a story playing through your head right now. I can see you remembering it. I can see you thinking back on your decisions and what you said and what you did. Walk me through it. Sometimes what will be will be. You know? Always. We, uh, the arrogance of mankind likes to think that fate is in our hands. And yeah, okay, you might be able to mold something. And if I get off the couch, then I get off the couch. You know, if I go dig a hole, I've dug a hole. But ultimately, we don't mean shit, man. You know, we are the most insignificant thing on this in this universe. And we have and no control. Zero. You know, I think we can mold our fate. I think we could probably slightly adapt it and change it, I guess. But there's certain that I, I look back, man. I've never accomplished something first time. And it was probably one of the greatest things in my life. I've never accomplished something first time. Like I fucking fail everything, dude. Like you have a podcast right now. You're, you're literally accomplishing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're listen, talking right? about failing when you're literally succeeding. Like, and I understand that's the thing with like imposter syndrome, but I want you to realize like you, this is going to sound so fucking bougie for me to say, but I have a million followers across platforms. I don't answer my emails very often. And something about your email in my spam folder stuck out. Like not to be a douchebag, but it got you're from a different country. My email is set up. It got kicked to the spam folder. I check it once every two months. And the one email that I replied to was you. I appreciate that. There, a lot, man. Um, there was something about your spirit, something about your story. Like I, I knew that you were looking to not just do something to get some views, get some engagement, do some dumb shit. Like you wanted to have an actual conversation and talk person to person like and i appreciate that and i love that and i love that you are willing to learn from a different perspective whether it be something that's comfortable or not you didn't know what i was going to come in here and say and you you already know we've gone 80 different ways like and i appreciate that and i love that and i think that's why you are doing well and i think that's why you don't realize you're doing Thank you. Um, I do appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think about uh, anything other than providing a voice for the voiceless man. 
you know, and there's always a seat at the table. And like when I started this thing, I, the only thing I'm ever going to be is real guys. You know, I'm probably going to say a lot of shit and I'm probably going to say it in ways that it's not going to be pleasant to hear. I'm not fucking perfect, man. It's Neither fine turn tips and sponsorships because they want me to lie about the experiences I have with yeah. them in the community. And I refuse. Refuse. I'm with you. People need real, man. With you. Just fucking do your thing. Like, and guess what? Like, nobody's nobody's perfect. There's a lot of motherfuckers out there that care. You know? That's why I, a fucking dude in his 20s published a poetry book. Do you think I did that to get pussy? That doesn't work, mate. That doesn't fucking work. I did it out <laughs> there to show that somebody gives a shit. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> I'm laughing because it probably did work, and you're it just fucking being didn't, mate. I'm telling you this for Bullshit. a fact. Fucking a dude you just that haven't told poetry. anybody that you wrote it. No, no, no. It that lads don't did do that. Did you do it, a book signing in your area yet? No, I don't. That's a wanky problem. thing to do, man. Come on, I ain't do it. Okay, but that's where you would have gotten it. No, oh, that's not interested. They would have seen you. They would have talked to you. They would have seen the person behind the poetry. No, no, give over. Fucking talking I shit. I don't, I don't lie. I have really bad TBI. I can't lie because I won't remember my lies. So you get the whatever's in my brain. Oh, well, I mean, we're a great combination because I've accumulated a shitload of concussions over these years, mate. So my short-term hey. memory is pretty much zero. So you've got that CTE going. Oh, mate, it's, it's a good thing. You know, like the amount of members that come to me are like, you've asked me my name. 15 times i was like dude i can't remember shit i'm sorry yep the super mario's movie i have watched 30 times some of which in succession on repeat and still cannot remember the movie <laughs> i love it first time watching a movie every time i love it man anyway oh, yeah. we got we got like fucking 20 seconds and they're gonna kick us out so okay. i just want to say thank you man thank you thank you so much like i appreciate it and uh we'll open up a open up another one i'll let you know about my idea Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate it. Bye, everybody.